0: The idea of being a Karen has become a major phenomenon in the last few years. So much so that it's become a Halloween costume and even inspired
1: establishments like Karen's Diner, where customers willingly subject themselves to staff
0: insults. Today we're going to try and untangle what does it really mean to be called a Karen and why so many people fixated on viral videos showcasing Karen behavior. Has Karen started to become a catch-all term thrown at women for any kind of disagreement?
1: And is it ever okay to ask for the manager? Well, let's find out and go straight to the comments. So the other day I was on the Mail Online and one of the top stories was titled, "Neighbors' Petty War Hits New Height as Nightmare Karen is caught on camera damaging wooden panels between their homes at night. And this was actually one of the leading stories of the day, which I found quite surprising for a major major publication. Yeah, And it made me think of the term Karen and how it's used now in daily life. And this is something that we'd already talked about between the two of us.
0: Yeah, we had. And I was telling you about how I found all these YouTube videos with titles like the worst 20 Karen moments ever. So of course I had to watch them. And and they all have the kind of the same formula. Basically filming, I would say, a middle-aged or older woman or so-called Karens, having anything from a mild disagreement to a full-on, full-blown tantrum in public. And Sarah, there are literally hundreds of these videos. I can imagine it. And you know... What was so interesting about that,
1: um, that article on the Mail Online was that when I was reading the comments, more than half the comments were actually about the use of the term Karen than the content of the story itself. So for example, there was one that said, fed up with people using the name Karen as an insulting term. I know some lovely Karens and it's such a shame that this term has caught on. And another, this trend of using Karen as a catch-all term for any and every form of bad behavior is so inane. It seems you cannot disagree with anything or anyone these days without being labelled as
0: a Karen. I mean, it has really become a go to phrase to describe a wide range of disagreeable behaviour. Like we said in the intro, it's become comedy content. You know, you can wear a Karen Halloween mask, which is actually truly frightening. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Well, the mask has like these bloodshot eyes, and she's just like really ready to have a go at you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And there's also like a Karen board game where you can leave one star reviews. Wow. But actually, What I remember of Karen, when it first started, it actually came out to describe really, really deeply problematic behaviour. So let's just start with, you know, you've done some research on this. What is the Karen meme all about and where did it come from? So there are different ways of looking at
1: it. So the Mail Online defines it as a Karen is a term for a self-righteous woman, sometimes racist and usually middle-aged, who tells people how to do their jobs, asserts their rights and complains to the manager. And um, in the New York Times, Sarah Miller described Karens as the police women of all human behavior. And she used the example of a suburban white woman who calls the cops on kids' pool parties. But some of the Urban Dictionary posts got a lot more specific and quite hilarious, I have to be, to be honest. So one was the demon of any store that the employees fear, this mm-hmm. dangerous creature lurks in the layers of unvaccinated children's homes. And her number one goal is to talk to your manager. You would know if this woman is a Karen by their hair. They usually wear a bob and it's typically
0: blonde. But what I find incredible is that this haircut has become like the universal symbol for Karen. It's almost a bit like the bat signal for Batman. Mm. As you said, it's that bob that's longer in the front and then short in the back, often with chunky highlights, or as it has been described, soft waterfalls in the front and knives in the back. Oh, wow. Or basically a Kate Gosling cut, if you know who she is.
1: Yeah. And it's so recognizable. And I don't actually know what it is about that haircut that's so, so associated with the behavior.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I didn't know where it came from. So I had a good old look on Reddit and there was three theories, (laughs) three theories where it came from It's because most Karens are middle-aged white women. It's a very easy style to manage and flattering on most face shapes. And then two white women of European ancestry seem to lose their hair from the top of their heads because of menopause. So it's the go-to haircut for older women. And number three, it's because of Natalie Imbruglio, it's her fault. She rocked the Karen haircut <laughs> before Karen was even a thing. It started off as a Speak to the Manager haircut
1: meme, but it evolved into the Karen meme, which started to take off around 2018 after several viral incidents that were mm-hmm. huge. And some sources have linked it to the 2004 film Mean Girls, where a character says, outraged, oh my God, Karen, you can't just ask someone why they're white. <laughs> I um, that. And yet others... Link it to a Dane Cook comedy special that aired in 2005 where he said, every group has a Karen and she's always a bag of douche. And when she's not around, you just look at each other and say, God, Karen, she's such a douchebag. But for myself, I actually remember hearing it first. The first time I ever came across it was in 2020 during that Central Park birdwatching incident. That's where I heard of it. I mean, do you remember
0: that story? It was really quite shocking. Yeah, I do remember. I remember it was like this white woman, she was with her dog and she was being filmed saying she was going to call the police on this man who ended up filming her for just being in the park and she was going to call the police and say that he had been harassing her yeah exactly so it, essentially she was a
1: 40-year-old white female dog walker called amy cooper and she was letting her dog roam free in a section of central park which is known as the ramble when um christian cooper they're not related no it was a weird coincidence um that they have the same name yeah um but he he actually asked her to leash her dog because it's required for the safety of the wildlife. It's one of those Mm -hmm. rules there. She refused, it escalated, and um, he ended up offering the dog a dog treat to try and move it away from the bird area and get her to put it on a lead. But he started filming her while she was threatening him, which was quite lucky, actually. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, I'm calling the cops, I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life, which she she proceeds to do. And the video went viral. She was charged with filing a false police report, although those charges were later dropped when she completed an educational course on racial identity. And she lost her job with a top New York investment firm. And she actually temporarily had to give up her dog pending an abuse investigation because in the video, she was seen dragging the dog on its
0: lead in a way that was quite unpleasant. I mean, she was so enraging to watch on so many levels. Yeah. And, and, and here are some of the comments we found in response to this video. Just imagine if he had not recorded this incident. He assaulted me. I feared for my life, etc., etc. She would have gone to court and maintained that lie to the bitter end. That's quite mm. scary, right? Yeah. And then this second quote, I'm going to tell them that there is an African American man attacking me. This was her most telling statement. She knew exactly what she was doing and used his color as a threat. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's really
1: important to remember is this incident occurred in America and they they have a very specific context for race there. So based on data collected by the Washington Post, black people are twice as likely as white people to be shot and killed by police officers. And this is something I didn't know originally, mm-hmm. but this incident occurred on the exact same day as the death of um, a, a black man, George Floyd, at the hands of police officers in Minneapolis. And that video went viral, I think everyone heard of it. Um, Yeah, yeah. I remember
0: it was really horrific.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I read about the story, but I I couldn't watch the video myself. I just found it too upsetting. Mm -hmm. So this Central Park video was the first time I actually heard the term Karen because they called her the Central Park Karen. And I noticed it's really, I mean, it's used a lot now. The Guardian even called 2020
0: the year of Karen. I mean, when the term Karen first went mainstream, it was mostly associated with America and had that racial aspect. And I think that's because it's got, you know, America's got the specific uh, historical backdrop of racial issues and an ongoing legacy around that. For example, a white woman calling the police on an eight-year-old black girl who was selling water in the park. And the nickname Karen has been used to describe this behaviour. And as AJ Romano of Vox says, black culture in particular has a history of assigning basic nicknames to badly behaved white women from Barbecue Becky, to Golf Cart Gale, to Permit Patty, to Talk Back Tammy. Yeah. And um,
1: the history of race, particularly in the US, it means that there's this idea that white women have a privilege of power, which they can and have at times wielded at the expense of black men. So for example, the most famous example that I'm sure most people have heard of this is when 14 year old Emmett Till was uh lynched he was brutally murdered in mississippi in 1955 Mm. by two men and this was after being accused of offending a white woman who was called carolyn bryant in her family's grocery store i mean she later admitted that she was like she lied about it but there were no repercussions for this either for her or for the two men who who murdered him uh which were bryant's husband and his half brother and they were actually acquitted um by an all-white jury Mm. so I mean, it's a really horrific story that, that's quite well known. But within these, this context, these incidents like the one in Central Park, they have a much darker and scary undertone to them because it really is a weaponization of privilege. So Helen Lewis in The Atlantic describes it as, the target of Karen's entitled anger is typically presumed to be a racial minority or a working class person. And so she is executing a covert maneuver, using her white femininity to present herself as a victim when
0: she is really the aggressor. So you can really understand why people are filming these public run-ins. I mean, the stakes can be really high. However, where it's really gone to another level with these Karen videos I found on YouTube is that they're kind of seeking out these Karens, the producers of these videos, and publishing them on social media. Robin Abacarian in the Los Angeles Times writes, "'Because Karen is white, she faces few meaningful repercussions embarrassing videos posted on social media is usually as bad as it gets for karen but is it usually as bad as it gets for karen because for me it feels like it's
1: evolved into a sport or a form of entertainment so as soon as any kind of disagreement seems to be happening people are instantly grabbing their phones and filming complete strangers but also with things going viral these days and cancel culture resulting in losing jobs etc i mean in many ways That can be as much of a meaningful repercussion as anything else. So when asked later about the Central Park incident, the victim, Christian Cooper, he actually told the New York Times, any of us can make not necessarily a racist mistake, but a mistake. And to get that kind of tidal wave in such a compressed period of time, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. I'm not excusing the racism, but I don't know if her life needed to be torn apart.
0: And he just sounds like a really reasonable
1: person, to be honest.
0: He does. Look, I understand why filming public run-ins or people misbehaving has become a common method nowadays to hold individuals accountable, especially when there's a power imbalance. But as this commentator responds to this video, the video of Karen's behavior highlights the power of social media in exposing and holding individuals accountable for their actions. The incident was recorded, highlighting the importance of capturing evidence to reveal the truth in situations involving confrontations with entitled individuals, like this karen as things have gone on it feels like these videos now are less of a response to
1: a naturally occurring event and it seems that for some people are actually going out of their way to find video of karens in the wild or as you describe karen hunting to actually meet the demand there is for this kind of content so there was one comment that said, there should be one day out of the air where it's legal to slap a Karen. I mean, really. That just makes me think of the Purge films.
0: <laughs> the slightly milder version. Exactly. <laughs> and like I said earlier, like there's, there's hundreds of videos dedicated to Karen hunting. They also have channels dedicated to it as well. And um, I mean, they, Sarah, they're getting huge watch numbers in the millions. Mm. And for those who haven't seen them, the videos normally start with a voiceover like this. With an appetite for drama and blood that boils hotter than a kettle, Karens are becoming a force to be reckoned with. They can take down whole neighbourhoods, spit venom and shout louder than a siren. So let's watch some Karens in action. I think you have a future as a voiceover artist there. Thank you. The videos often have titles like this. 18 minutes of Karens messing with the wrong people. Karens who got what they deserved. Karens who get instant karma. And then my favourite... Karens Who Got Owned and Humiliated, Number 19. Wow, so there were 18 already. This was the 19th one. Yeah, but where it gets scary is often YouTube thumbnails, which is like the video kind of cover art that you see. It features a Karen Mm. even being thrown to the ground or some sort of physical face-off. Like it's almost like, you know, like wrestling. WWE or something, WWF. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think a big appeal of these videos is that they show the consequences of these entitled Karens who pick fights, you know getting unexpected and big paybacks you know
1: I definitely think that this idea of seeing entitled people get their comeuppance is a huge factor in their popularity so um Justine Smith in Hyperallergic writes unloading on Karen's online serves some much-needed catharsis people work underpaid jobs where they have to smile while customers walk all over them black people minding their business are harassed or worse for no reason Publicly shaming individuals for their entitled tantrums feels good, like a much needed comeuppance.
0: But here's the thing it's not always clear what is going on in these videos. Like, you know, the way they edit them, often they start mid interaction mm. um, and they're filmed from the point of view, obviously, from the person recording. For example, in one video, um, it's just a woman complaining that a girl's been really loud during a phone call in the gym that she's making. And the girl turns on the woman and starts recording her, fake apologises and starts asking her, so you don't like people laughing in the gym? Or like, what's your problem? You know, that kind of attitude. Yeah. And she proceeds then to follow her around the gym, which is quite empty, from room to room, holding the camera up in her face, getting her to repeat her initial complaint. And she almost becomes very intimidating. And then the woman turns around and Mm. says, look. Please, honey, stop following me and filming me and learn some respect. The girl then follows her out to the car park and then the video suddenly just abruptly ends. And I would say Mm. the girl was extremely antagonistic towards this Karen and wanted to record a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's essentially harassing her at that point, you know? Exactly. We all
1: know what it's like. Well, if you have siblings, if someone is like following you around, or do you remember that thing where you'd hold your hand to their face, but not touching them? You'd be like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching <laughs> yes. you. So you can't get annoyed. And it just really frustrating and they would do it for ages and you'd end up slapping them or something. Um, maybe it's just me, but it you know, and they'd be like, well, technically
0: I didn't start it because I didn't touch you. And you'll be like, yeah, but like what you did was way more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. And these videos, these um, people that the more I watched them, I saw a pattern of behavior where they really antagonize the mm. initial quotation, Karen. And what's interesting is the language that's used in these voiceovers and it's usually a male. Mm. No, it's always a male actually, and they use language like, look at how tightly wound this Karen is in the gym. She's about to get payback. And then another one where a woman's mm. in the park. You cannot even take your dog to the park without an ugly old parrot repeating age old beliefs that are even older than her. And then another one, to the woman walking around like doing neighborhood watch. These nosy Karens are terrorizing our neighborhoods. So since those initial viral incidents,
1: which had a certain tone to them, like the central park, uh, Karen. It does feel like the definition of a Karen has actually changed and morphed. So, for example, in comments on a Washington Post article, uh, there was one that said, like a lot of things, it has an understandable origin, but it seems to have morphed into any white woman who complains about anything ever. Kind of like how Snowflake morphed from a statement of how everyone is unique into someone who is so fragile, he or she can't handle even the slightest bit of adversity. And there was another comment that said, I see Karen memes as sexist. Why no male equivalent? because males are allowed to complain and behave badly.
0: That's a really fair point.
1: Yeah, so that's actually been one of the criticisms that has come up a lot more recently. Karen is uh, specifically a female name. And when I looked online for a male version, I found different names proposed, like Kevin, Ken, Chad, and Henry, but none have really taken off as like a single term that matches the Karen. And some people have actually said that you can just apply the term Karen to men too. So in May 2020, David A. Graham wrote an article titled The Karen in Chief, which is quite a (laughs) clever title. And what he said was the term is most commonly applied to middle-aged women, but why abide by that sexist standard? A man can easily be a Karen as Donald (laughs) Trump is proving this week. But you know what it made me think about, uh, you know, when reading that is that is using Karen against a man considered the greatest insult because it's associated with middle-aged women? Like, is he
0: thinking that's the worst thing a man can be called because it's female, you know? Exactly. And like you said, I only found a very small fraction of the video content I watched. And believe me, I I watched a lot of this Karen hunting videos. There was just (laughs) a few men called a Karen, like I would say 1%. And actually, I remember there was a big backlash when Julie Bindle, a UK feminist um, and journalist, she tweeted a couple of years ago. Does anyone else think that the Karen slur is woman hating and based on class prejudice? But a lot more comments seem to be reflecting this opinion. Philadelphia community organiser Gwen Snyder also tweeted that it has been co-opted by white boys who stole it and turned it into code for bitch. And there was this male online Mm. comment, you're absolutely right. I got called a Karen for making a stand against fox hunting. These people see that you have a valid point, but are unable to construct an intelligent argument. So they just shout Karen, quite literally, they are morons. And then this quote, Karen is lazy misogyny. Yes, even we have legitimate cause to complain. Well, I mean,
1: I actually read a really good description by Helen Lewis in the Atlantic on how the term has evolved. And she said, you can't control a word or an idea once it's been released into the wild. Epithets linked to women have a habit of becoming sexist insults. We don't tend to describe men as bossy, ditzy, or nasty. They're not called mean girls or prima donnas or drama queens, even when they totally are. And so Karen has followed the trajectory of dozens of words before it, becoming a cloak for casual sexism, as well as a method of criticizing the perceived faux vulnerability of white women. And it has started to feel like now it's being used at times to shut down any complaint or disagreement, whether it's valid or otherwise.
0: Absolutely. It has. And, and for me, a lot of this Karen stuff is older people. Like I think of proper adults sort of, you know, like that word reprimanding. I don't know if I said it. Like <laughs> yeah, nice word. Uh, reprimanding people for bad behavior and trying to uphold standards, particularly in, in public spaces. You know, I remember growing up in the 90s in good old pool and there was, I felt like there's a lot of police around, bus conductors, park attendants, all sorts of people, you know, around kind of, you know, I think I even got told off once for just loitering around Tower Park, (laughs) car Park. What were you up to? just waiting for my friend to pick me up, you know, but you know, little gangs of teenagers can get together, but you get told off for loitering or you get told off not that I ever smoked when I was younger, but trying to smoke on the top deck of the bus so you'd have the bus conductor come along and tell you off. Or an adult yeah. would turn around and you'd be scared. I'd be scared to get told off in public. Do you remember that feeling?
1: Yeah, yeah. That shaming of like, I had a friend once who was told off for not giving her seat up for an older woman. And the woman was probably not that old, but like, yeah, it's, it's, you'd just be like, oh shit, I've been told off, you know. And, yeah. But, but I was someone who was very afraid of authority. So I was constantly worried about being told off and it, it would, it would have been the worst thing ever. Yeah. I mean it definitely felt like there was a a lot more of an authority around to keep things in check um than there are now uh
0: but maybe i'm just sounding like an old person who's like back in my day you know (laughs) i like i said i was back in london in spring and i was really taken back um i mean i lived in london for 12 years but suddenly it felt very anti-social and threatening to me i wonder if that's because i've lived in norway for six or seven years yeah maybe you've lost your thickened skin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i have like i used to be tougher but like i got on the bus and i just don't know if it's normal i don't know to have your phone on speakerphone like your music and blare it out and like generally doss about on the chairs and not get up for older people it just felt really yeah i did feel like it, it just felt like stanzas have dropped and it felt intimidating <laughs> and i definitely would be yeah. terrified to turn around to one of these I shouldn't call them kids, children, young people, and say, excuse me, do you mind turning your speakerphone off? Do you know what I mean? No, I would definitely not do that. Um, uh, But it feels like more
1: and more people are afraid to stand up against rudeness or um, what's considered a misconduct because of that fear of backlash. And and, 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 and it feels like there could be, you know, you hear about knife crime and all these things and and you're like oh it's it's
0: not quite the same as it as it used to be Mm -hmm. I I mean but that's that's the feeling I had Sarah so like it feels like I honestly feel like it feels risky to speak up or say something in public if you see something I mean like if I saw something really bad I would say something but you could be potentially attacked and now we've got this issue that someone could be filming you so
1: no, I mean, I think in those situations, even if it was really bad, I don't even know if it, depending on the situation, whether whether it's best to stand up or actually just call yeah. the police, because it's like, don't intervene. I remember hearing a story of a guy in Australia who stepped in after this woman was being, you know, slapped around by her husband on a street and they were all drunk. And he stepped in and she turned on him as well. And he ended up getting, well, he was murdered. Yeah. He, was, he was killed by them. So it was sort of like, is it safe to step in these days?
0: So I'm really not into these Karen Hunter videos that sort of focus or make a storyline around someone telling someone off in public, you know, for example, a video of a woman telling off some skateboarders who are skating in a pedestrianised area. For me, this is low level stuff. Whereas, you know, the original videos, they were highlighting, I think, legitimate abusive behaviour towards people, especially in customer service. Totally. And I think uh, we live in this culture and I, and I think it's
1: quite an America, it comes from America this idea that the customer is always right and Mm -hmm. it's perfectly reasonable to expect a basic level of customer service when you're paying for something. I've definitely been places where they almost, um, it's like they're doing you a favor for selling you something and it's, it, it, you know, you're like, you've got this the wrong way round. But you also see, and I've witnessed it myself, people who, because they're spending money, they feel entitled or even invited to abuse the service worker. It, it, it's almost either they don't see them as people anymore.
0: You owe me this because I'm paying you. Exactly. So, you know, I work part time in this five star hotel in Bournemouth from the age of 15. Shout out to the Royal Bath Hotel. <laughs> um, it's very smart, very posh and fancy. And I was a waitress in the lounge, you know, doing all the high teas and silver service. And I really, really, really loved it. And I prided myself on giving really good um customer service. And, you know, I was taught then, you know, the customer's always right. And mostly they were lovely customers. But occasionally you would get these people, and I'm not joking, Sarah, they would kick off about the number of finger sandwiches they would be given. <laughs> they wanted cucumber and sam- salmon and they didn't have them. And I was just shocked at the, the kind of reactions we would get. And as soon as I say, Okay, they say we want to talk to your manager. And the manager would just be um, the lounge manager and he'd come over and he was dressed very smart, he was dressed in a morning suit. That's how fancy we were. And as soon as he started talking, he was very, you know, smoothly handling them, smiling. Oh, I'll make some fresh sandwiches for you. And they seem, you know, they started to calm down. But what I really always felt, even from a young age, it's really weird, like it's like we're rewarding them for having a tantrum and like the worst yeah. behaviour because we're scared of like not having their money or even getting bad reviews and complaints. And I just really feel uncomfortable with that abuse of that power dynamic. Yeah, I think, it, I think
1: it's taken off even more now that
0: we have these, um,
1: these online reviews. You know, people use it as a threat. And, you know, it, it, have you ever heard the phrase, a squeaky wheel gets the oil or something? It's almost like people know if they complain, they can get something out of it. In those cases, it does feel like a deliberate power trip um, in how they're dealing with the people in customer service. Some of them, it's not even just to get out. uh, You know, if I complain, maybe I'll get it for free. If I, you know, some of them, I think their goal is actually just to be up on someone um, verbally or emotionally, like they've had a bad day. So they're going to take it out on someone who can't fight back. I I mean, I've witnessed that myself. And
0: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean so whenever I complain or I want to complain I think oh my gosh are they giving the service that I put in like I really put in great service and if mm-hmm. they haven't matched that I do feel cheated on some level but then number two I'm starting to think well am I being because I'm a middle-aged white woman am I being a bit of a Karen <laughs> you know yeah like, do I have a right to complain and, and do I want to be a, that person do you know what I mean I completely know what you mean because I I'm about to turn 40 in November.
1: I'm white, I'm middle class, so I'm definitely in that prime Karen territory. Yeah. I don't have the haircut because it's super curly, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. But um <laughs> I've I've really noticed in the last few years that I I'm almost uncomfortable about complaining about things, particularly in public, in case I'm accused of being a Karen. I even have that phrase in my head, it's like, "Oh, well I I don't want to be a Karen, but" Now, full disclosure, I was never really that comfortable complaining anyway. I'm British, I'm middle class, I once apologized on entering an empty room. I'm the kind of person who <laughs> like every other word is sorry. You know, I did that and I thought, oh, this is a new low. There's, I'm just apologizing to the room for entering it. And I do think that I have got better, I've got more assertive uh, I've got uh, as I've got older. And I do think actually I've noticed a shift since moving to South Africa because There is a different culture here. People are much more um, direct. I definitely will assert my boundaries if something's wrong. So if someone had brought me the wrong order in a cafe a few years ago, I would have just like not said anything. Um, But now, you know, if they bring me like hot milk and ask for cold milk, i will be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I did ask for cold milk, will you, can you change it for me? You know, but I think that is the key point is how you do it. It's mm-hmm. it's okay to ask for new things or complain if they're not, not complain, but point out if something is, is, is not right. But how are you treating the waitress or the customer service person? Is it with respect? Do you see them as a person? I mean, they're just a normal person who with a job who happens to be there. They're not less than me. It always surprises me how there are certain people who think, well, if I'm paying and even if it's like someone where they're not paying very much, um, Oh well now I own you. I can treat you like crap. I have the right to do whatever I want, you know? The, it never fails to surprise me.
0: So Sarah, is this an older middle-aged woman thing, being a Karen?
1: Well, I mean that's a thing, isn't it? Because it it's not just about being a white woman, but a middle-aged white woman. Um, it's this sort of soccer mom-style character. And in the Washington Post they said, A young Karen likely would have been the class snitch, tattling on her classmates to the teacher to get them in trouble. Middle-aged Karen is the one asking to see your manager. And Karen was actually a popular name for baby girls in the 1950s and 1960s. So it means that a lot of
0: people who are called Karen are, in fact, part of the boomer generation. And actually, that's a term that I see thrown around a lot, like boomer. Like it's almost if you are of a boomer generation that you're stuck in the mud and somehow ignorant. And I see it actually all the time on the uh, Financial Times, on the FT. I don't know why, but every time someone makes a kind of intelligent comment, someone, I don't know why, it's like a thing like underneath, like, okay, boomer. Because like there's this inbuilt resentment of mm. like, okay, boomer, just shut up, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like countering the point that they actually made, it's like, well, that's it. But in the other direction, I've actually seen millennial used as an insult too. So on Quora, there was, someone posted a question. Is Generation Wuss a good name for the millennial generation? (laughs) So, you know, essentially, I think people really love categorizing groups and then comparing the other group unfavorably to the one that they're a part of. So, um, identifying as part of a group, it really fulfills this human need to belong that we all have, but group membership can also really inform our identity and sense of self, especially depending on the assessment of the quality of the groups that we belong to. And that really influences our collective self-esteem. So um, Crocker
0: and Major, who were—is um, that John Major? Is that his no,
1: new no researchers? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just you—you you only get the last names as the as the right, who the who, okay. the who the researchers are. But yeah. Crocker and Major did a study where they found that by comparing our group to other groups, that we frequently discover that we're members of the better group, conveniently, and right. um, then we can take pride in our superiority, and when we denigrate other groups, we actually elevate both our personal and our collective self-esteem. And this is something that's seen a lot of people, we all do it, you know, maybe not fully
0: aware of it, but it's something that that is a natural tendency in humans. Yeah, but I am reflecting, you know, especially after I watched all these videos, you know, how much is ageism part of the Karen insult? You know, Mm. we've already talked about ageism in the media against women in one of our episodes, it's called I'm Not Sorry. The case of Madonna aging and yeah. it feels like there is something about the women sort of being middle-aged and entitled. How much do you think that plays a, plays a role? Well I think on one hand it really
1: ties into that age-old idea of curtain-twitching nosy neighbour spinsters who oh. spend all their time reporting minor rule infractions to the council. You
0: know I think we all know of that trope. Yeah it's, it's so basically a bad version of Mrs Marple or the local FBI <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i mean absolutely and i i mean i love miss marple i want to be yeah. thats uh, that's my future hopefully knitting in a cottage and solving random murders um but <laughs> you obviously see people both male and female who as they get older they get more bitter and angry and um, they actually take it out on people so there's also the grumpy old men trope that we've heard mm-hmm. of so it does, it's not always about women. But I think as women get older, they get more comfortable with themselves and they get more comfortable speaking out. And um, I mean, that's true for myself. I don't know if it's it's for Mm -hmm. you as well.
0: I do think as you get older, you do have like, to quote Rihanna, zero fucks to give. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's such a paradox because, on the one hand, as you get older as a woman, you get more confident. You care less about what everyone yes. thinks. And yes. at the same time, as you get older, you're expected by society to be quieter, to shut up. You're not, uh, you know, you're no longer young and we don't want to put up with your nagging. And so you're really just be quiet in a corner and knit something. And, <laughs> uh, you know, whether you can knit or not. But um, Helen Lewis in The Advocate, she said, as women shout and rant and protest in out-of-context clips designed to paint them in the most viral-friendly light possible, they are portrayed as witches, harridans, harpies, and women who dare to keep existing, speaking,
0: and asking to see the manager after their reproductive peak. Amen. We should end that podcast there. It's brilliant. not I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> that is a great quote. It's a great quote. And in fact... I didn't actually find many videos of these Karen hunting videos featuring stereotypical beautiful, attractive women in these spats. I just don't feel like men go near them. No, no, they get away, (laughs) you get away with a
1: lot more. (laughs) And, um, you know, people have pointed out the ageism in this. um, But there was something I thought about when I was doing this research, and I I haven't really seen it explicitly talked about. um, And that is the role of menopause. Because a typical Mm. Karen is usually menopausal age and actually you know no one's actually saying that they're not using that word but Mm -hmm. but it feels like the stereotypes that people have about menopausal women being angry and irrational are sort of coming in here and informing it so for example a study from the Harvard Business Review found that um, when confronted with a description people saw menopausal women as less emotionally stable than non-menopausal women despite the fact they had all the same attributes in the story and it makes me think that you know as soon as a middle-aged woman is seen to get upset how much do we immediately start just thinking of them as irrational before even knowing the details of the the, the context because you know sometimes it's okay to be upset and it's, it's justified and it's sometimes it's okay to comply complain right like you know
0: yeah but i I'm, i mean the thing is it's almost like a chicken and egg situation mm on the NHS website, they inform us that, you know, the menopause includes anger as one of the main you know, symptoms associated with the menopause. So it might be the case that some of these women in the videos are maybe acting out more partly due to symptoms of going through the menopause. I mean, it's really impossible for us to know. And I honestly feel like yes i know the menopause maybe i'm in perimenopause i don't know yet i feel like a bit scared like i'm going into the unknown like i'm going into deep (laughs) space (laughs) and it's one of those taboos that isn't really talked about and i feel like people are getting more and more vocal now and talking openly about um having hot flashes at work yeah is it hot flashes or hot Flushes as well, it's the whole thing at work. But I noticed since the lockdown, there's been reports that there was actually HRT shortages in the UK. And, you know, um, Davina McCall, she um, has written a book about menopausing, which was the winner of the British Book Awards in 2023, an overall book of the year. And interestingly, Halle Berry also recently spoke to Women's Health about going through the menopause. And she said, I'm challenging all those stereotypes about how you have to look a certain way or feel a certain way. I'm my best self now that I've reached 56 years old. I have the most to offer. I have zero blanks to give anyone. I'm solidly in my womanhood. I finally realize what I have to say is valuable, even if no one else agrees. I love that quote. I love that quote. And I, I, you know, Mm -hmm.
1: just as, you know, I'm looking forward to getting older. um, I'm not necessarily looking forward to getting more wrinkles, but I like that idea of, you know, being solidly in your womanhood.
0: I think there's a lot of demonization of women going on. Well, I think there's
1: always been a demonization of anything associated with female hormones. Uh, and, and it's such an easy way of invalidating female feelings. Um, and I'm not saying they're all justified or reasonable, these, these videos. But um, I've got polycystic ovary syndrome. I've, I have premenstrual dysphoria. And I've also, I struggle with a mood disorder and anxiety. So I'm just like, you know, like ticking all the boxes there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I often question within myself the validity of my feelings. It's like, am I genuinely upset about something or am I about to start my period because it's so, so irregular, I don't know when it's coming. But the thing is, both can be true. I can be maybe premenstrual and also be upset about a situation because a boundary was violated. It's like, it doesn't have to be either or. And it doesn't have to mean that because you're on your period that any of your opinions and thoughts don't count anymore that sometimes they're just heightened so Mm. I find it lazy you know the first thing you know that classic thing of like what are you on your period it's like
0: even if I am you're still a dickhead (laughs) so (laughs) that's the problem not my period I do think that you're onto something with these Karen videos I think they're like you know what if you are having like a completely a moment, like in the parking Mm. lot, like trying to get a spot and you're really stressed and getting flushed in the face and someone's beeping at you loudly and you start a dispute, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we all have bad days. So what's interesting is I was wondering if, you know, we know that the Karen originated in the US and the Karen hunting videos are mostly American. I was curious what the UK version of Karen is, or if it's just like a direct translation because I often think of like, when we think of entitled or arrogant behaviour in the UK, I think we do refer a lot to our class system or yeah, thinking especially of the upper class, thinking of, we used to say at school or at uni, who are Henry's, Ra's or Toff's.
1: Yeah, but you know, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you'd have stuff like fishwife.
0: Yes, don't you be know. a fishwife. Yeah, I find
1: it quite confusing because I, I feel like in... um in America the idea is that the Karens are usually middle class taking it out on working class people but in the UK the sort of association of a Karen is often someone who's like lower middle class um, yeah. and is a little bit ignorant so I'm, it, it sits
0: weirdly with me what class way it's supposed to be. Don't worry, I've got your back on this one because <laughs> I some more research on and I went to Cura if and you know, and there's someone had written a question if Karen was actually something to do with Sharon and Tracy. Do you remember Sharon and Tracy? Yeah, birds of a feather. Yeah. So someone replied, No, no, no. Sharon and Tracy were the sort of Woolworths Oh, I miss Woolworths. Sorry, UK Woolworths. So Sharon <clears> and <throat> Tracy were the sort of Woolworth's finest types Gum chewing shop assistants who were totally uninterested in helping customers, preferring instead to endlessly natter to each other about their boyfriends, etc., and doing their level best to ignore you. When you say, Excuse me, where are your insert item? The answer invariably would be, If you got an answer at all, if it ain't on the shelves, we ain't got none. A bit different than the self entitled middle class Karen. Yeah, well, I remember Sharon and Tracy was definitely used as an insult,
1: and I, I don't, you don't hear it as much anymore.
0: You really don't, do you? Well, I don't I don't think it's used anymore. And then someone asked me no. the American version of Karen is in the UK on Reddit. And some of the answers were a bit rude. So prepare yourself. A nosy old C word. <laughs> I'm not going to say it today. Because when last time we did the C word, we bleeped it. And someone said that they nearly jumped out of their skin. So I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So we're going to save you that. And then someone else said we would probably have called a Karen a busybody in the past. And then there's a bit of an argument on Reddit. And one person says they are called um, Vicky, have six kids, all by different dads who don't see them, are on benefits, incredibly lazy, xenophobic and racist, have a ponytail and hoot earrings as big as the moon. And then someone replied, you're confused on Karen. She's a mum, very bitchy, not usually trashy. And they continue on these threads. One minute, the British Karens are working class and loud. Like you said, you know, your kind of uh, point, Sarah. And the next minute, there are four by four driving mummy who bullies others over Marks and Spencer's parking spots.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's weird because in America, it definitely feels like it is more associated with middle class women.
0: Yeah. So then I went on to the Mumsnet, the UK version, and they were discussing what's happened to the name Karen. and, and And they shared an interesting link to a website. So I opened up the website. And actually, it was designed to sort of counter the misuse of the name Karen and it's pretty simple like you just type in your first name so I tried it I put my first name in obviously Lisa and then it creates a bunch of funny sort of memes as if you were Karen and but then the content gets really aggressive as you scroll down for instance live laugh and fuck off Lisa (laughs) and like Lisa was the best-selling Halloween costume of 2022 and stuff like this but it really made me think and reflect like, my God, what would it feel like to actually be called your first name Karen, which is a hugely popular name, and it makes you reflect on it.
1: Yeah, and you know, that's the thing. People could have invented a whole new term for this meme, but instead what they've done is they've co-opted a name that other people already have, and it could potentially be really problematic for all the really lovely Karens out there to have their name now associated with this. And not to mention that there's actually an entire ethnic group in Myanmar and Thailand who are called the Karen people. Um, well actually it's pronounced Karen, but it just shows you how much a meme can end up casting a shadow over just, you know, a lot of people who, if anything, you know, they
0: had that name first.
1: What are your final thoughts on this topic, Lisa?
0: I mean, at first I understood the intentions behind these Karen theme videos. But in a short space of time they've taken a very aggressive turn towards women and while the initial videos aim to highlight genuinely troubling behavior their current objective seems to be to harshly jump on any woman who expresses a boundary or voices a complaint and i think that's a really scary world to live in we're essentially where we're being shut down censored and oppressed and i think we need to look really closely at these karen hunters I mean, their ongoing quest and kind of almost thirst for new instances of Karens and publicly shame them is a trend that's only building momentum. And in my view, they're worse than the behaviour they're attempting to critique. So, I mean, Sarah, what do you think? Well, you know, I think catching videos of offensive
1: behaviour, it's almost become a pastime these days. And the more shocking, the better. So on the one hand, this can be a way of naming and shaming people who... Previously, it had no consequences for bad behavior. You know, you think of cases like Rodney King and George Floyd. It becomes the last recourse for the disenfranchised to sort of crowdsource justice when people in authority have far too much power and then abuse it. So you said to me the other day, in the age of disinformation, it can feel like the camera is the only source of truth now. Mm -hmm. But just like anything else, it can also be manipulated. Um, People chase the next viral video. Uh, and they start heading out with the intention of creating content and it's so easy to film people without their permission. There's a really big difference between Christopher Cooper filming the Interactional Central Park to protect himself against false accusations and then just filming women whenever they make a complaint or put in a boundary in everyday life, especially when these videos are posted without the full context of the situation. In any of these interactions there's often some kind of privilege at play maybe it's race or sex or class maybe it's attractiveness or an unseen disability and it's really important to be able to see when someone is weaponizing their privilege and then call them out for it but it's also really important to question whether in some cases women particularly ones who are older and therefore considered you know less sexually appealing are actually being silenced for speaking up or for giving feedback it's so hard because you really have to judge on a case-by-case basis But for myself, I always ask first, how would I feel if I was on the receiving end of my own behavior? And can I ask for something whilst being as kind and respectful as possible? And mostly I just try and give people the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes that's definitely easier said than done.
0: I love that, Sarah. Thank you. And so that's it for today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. And we have a quick favor to ask you, I've actually put together a quick and anonymous survey. It's completely anonymous. You don't have to put your email address in or anything. It's just a few questions to help us in shaping the direction of the show, what you love, what we could improve. Um, yeah, so we would love your feedback and I've put a link to it in our Instagram bio. Um, It's actually a Google form. And also I've put a link on our website and our website address is straight to the comments podcast.com. And of course we can put it in the show notes or in the summary of today's episode. So you can actually click the link directly there and go through and it would really, really help us. I think it would only take you about three or four minutes uh, Mm. or 10 minutes if you really want to go deep. (laughs) (laughs) We are
1: here and we're ready to hear your opinions. So... Okay, well, I think that's it for
0: today, Sarah. It is, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Thank you to our lovely producer, Emily. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. It really does help us in reaching more people. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at s2tcpodcast. You can find out more about the show, get behind the scenes, come and say hello. Until then, see you next time. This podcast has been produced by Emily
1: Crosby Media.